This last week, uh, one morning I was out and I saw this bumper sticker. And this bumper sticker said, nature is my church. And I couldn't help but to stop and think, uh, you know, how's that working for you? You know, I want to tell you, I love nature. I love to be out in nature. I love going out in nature, but nature's not my God. My God is the God that created nature, you know. And uh, I, I told you last week, I said, we were never intended to do life alone. God never created people his children to do life alone. He created us to walk together, to be together, to be one with him. And, and I told you that last week, and I want to tell you again, we need each other. I need you. You need me. We need each other. And so, you know, uh, it's, it's great to put bumper stickers on your car, but I'm going to tell you the fact is God created the church for a purpose so that we could be family. And, I, and, and that's what we are. We are the church. We are the church. But more than that, we are family. And I'm going to tell you, when we go through, you know, he tells us to come to his throne of grace to find mercy in the times of need. Every one of us go through times of need. Anybody ever not go through a time of need? I go through time of need. I think it's called Monday through Friday, then Saturday and Sunday, you know. And, uh, you know, but the church is a place that we can come to love and be loved and to belong. And that's what I believe so much. I believe God has a purpose in the church for all of us. Amen? And t- today we, st- we start right after service. Uh, there'll be a, it's a class, if you wanted to call it a class, but it's called Growth Track. And Growth Track is something we do here to help people connect with who we are at New Life, to become part of us, because we think it's so important to connect. Connecting with each other is so important. Growth Track is kind of like the entry point of how we do that. We tell you about how, who we are and where we've come from and how you can be a part and how you can, can join. And, and we will tell you about our mission and our vision. And it's just, it's a wonderful thing. So we ask you if today is, uh, if you've never taken part in Growth Track and you want to become part of our dream team, we'll tell you about that. Uh, just stay for a few minutes. Uh, and join us for Growth Track today. We, I know that uh, it will be a blessing to you because we were never intended to walk alone. We're intended to walk this life together, and Growth Track is how we, we begin to do that here. Amen? I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, uh, Galatians 5. The Apostle Paul, how many of you know the Apostle Paul wrote about a third of the New Testament? third of the New Testament, he, he wrote it. And he writes to the church here in Galatia, the churches, there's multiple. He writes to the churches in Galatia to teach them about this thing called life in relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. How many know we have the Holy Spirit? How many know we have the Holy Spirit? And God wants us to live a life in relationship with the Holy Spirit. And so Galatians 5, we're going to start reading at verse 16. And he says here, Paul writes, he says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I want you, as I read this, I want you to keep in mind his words, his first words, walk in the Spirit. Keep saying, walk in the Spirit. Let that be the, the umbrella that's over these words. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. 
And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy. He's got a long list, doesn't he? The works of the flesh are all these things. Verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, uh, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, listen to this, which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who live by the flesh, he says, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Remember the umbrella, walk in the spirit. Okay, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ possessive, those who belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Verse 25, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we live, in other words, if we do life in the Spirit, if we do life in the Spirit, let us also walk. That word walk in the Greek simply means do it together. If you read this and go to the original language and understand what that last, what verse 25 says, if we do life together in the Spirit, we will walk in the Spirit. And the, the, the passage there that we have to understand is we will walk in the Spirit, and so we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We will walk in the Spirit when we do life together. The Apostle Paul writes here to the early church, and he's telling us to walk Do life in the Spirit. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. Lord, our prayer, Lord, is that you would teach us, Lord, your purpose, your will, your desire for each of us in our lives, how to walk in the Spirit, how to do life together in your Holy Spirit, being led by your Holy Spirit, with your purpose being the Holy Spirit. God, we pray, Lord, today that you would touch each one of us. Speak to us, Lord. Change our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So he says here, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. This instruction to walk in the Spirit is given to every one of us. How many know this is not just meant for his disciples or the people 2,000 years ago when he said this? He's speaking it to us today. How many of you read the Bible that way? You read the Bible as if God is speaking to me right now. It's not just a book. It's not just words on a a page. It is God speaking to you. His word is living, the Bible says. And it speaks to us. And his purpose here, his purpose is not to create commands. And his purpose is not to, to, to control us with commands or another law or the law. In fact, he says, when you walk in the spirit, you're not under the law. 
Okay, now that, you can take that two ways. You can, you, know, you can look at that and you can, you can say to yourself, okay, if I walk in the Spirit, then I don't have to worry about the law. No, if you walk in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes my guide. The Holy Spirit becomes my instruction. The Holy Spirit tells me which way to go and what to do. Are you hearing me, church? But he says, if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, how many of you know that we need the Holy Spirit to help us resist temptations and the consequences of the flesh. How I many you know that the flesh is tempting? All of those things, that whole big long laundry list that he gave us, all of that stuff are temptations of the Spirit. He's not giving that to us as, as naming sin. I'm gonna name your sin. You're like the old, the old revival preachers you say, I can name sin, and then name that list, right? That's not, that's not Paul's point here. The point here is he's telling us the works of the flesh. He's telling us that those are the things that, that, peep, that the flesh will tempt us in, and he says, contrary to that, is learn to walk in the Spirit, and you won't fulfill those things of the flesh. Amen. Are you hearing me? And then he tells us what the blessing and the fruit of walking in the Spirit is. You see, there's, there's temptations when you live life in the flesh. And there's consequences to living life in the flesh. Okay? So Paul tells the early Christians here, the churches in Galatia, he, and, and he tells us today, walk in the Spirit. The word walk here, uh, it's, it's different than the word walk at the beginning uh, of this passage, I mean, at the end of this passage. This word walk here, he uses a couple different Greek words, but it's interpreted the same word walk. The word used here in, in, in Galatians 5.16 is, is means to wherever you go, it, ta it says actually the, the, the interpretation is wherever you tread your feet. In other words, wherever you go, whatever you do, Paul is saying, walk in the Spirit. Be in the Spirit wherever you go. You go to work, do it in the Spirit. You go to your neighborhood, you take a walk, you go to the beach, you're out with friends. Whatever you do, do it in the Spirit. When you go to a party, do it in the Spirit. Whatever you do, do it in the Spirit is what Paul is saying. Live life by the Holy Spirit. The question I think that all of us, we have to ask ourselves is how do we how do, we do that? And I want to, in the next couple minutes, I want to give you three keys of what, I'm, what I believe God is saying. There are three keys to walking in the Spirit. And if you want to follow along, the message notes are in the YouVersion app. You can go there and, uh, and just go under YouVersion app and click more and events and you'll see new life and you can, you can make notes and save them and take them home with you. I hope you'll do that and that this will be kind of a devotional for this week. That's what I would really like. And, uh, but I want you to understand that walking or living in the Spirit is a personal decision. Making a decision to walk together, to, be, to walk together in the Spirit as, as pe people of, of faith, as the church. I believe that Paul is calling people together through all the generations. He's saying, we are the church. Do this life together. Walk in the Spirit together. You can't do this alone. Because when you're tempted with those works of the flesh, you need people of faith and people around you that will hold you up and that will stand with you and walk with you. So he says there, he's telling us here, this is a personal decision. Every one of us have to decide that ourselves. And all of this is summarized, in my opinion, by walk together, walk together. 
And so the first thing, the first, the first key to walking in the Spirit here is first surrender your walk to the Holy Spirit. It's a personal decision. You have to come to a place yourself that you surrender your walk, your life to the Holy Spirit. Last week I, I, I mentioned to you the, 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 one of the points of, primary points of that message was living life wholly consumed with God. I talked about that last week. Remember that? Well, this week I want you to, I'm gonna, these things are gonna be more of a practical application of how we live life wholly consumed with, with God. See, I want you to understand this one. We cannot live, walk uh, this life in the spirit with one world in the world and one foot in the world. If you, if you, if you constantly, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, it doesn't work. I'm just telling you, I know by experience, we all know by experience, as long as you wanna walk with the world, you're gonna be in the world. You're gonna constantly be dealing with the works of the flesh. But if you will learn to say, no, I'm gonna walk together with those God has put, those God has put with me or in, and in my life, I'm gonna walk together. I'm gonna be a strengthener and I'm gonna be strengthened by those and I'm gonna walk in the Holy Spirit. When we do, he, he says that we won't be, we won't be uh, put in a position to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You can't walk in the spirit and walk in the things of the world. Paul says in verse 17, he says, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary. Do you hear that word? He says, these are contrary. They're opposed to one another, okay? There are too many people that want to act Christian. And some of them, some of them want to talk a really good talk and act a really good act, but their life is not consistent with walking in the Spirit. Now, I'm not saying we're all perfect and that this, uh, I'm not telling you that to put anybody under condemnation. I'm telling you that because there comes a point that you have to surrender to. You have to surrender to the Holy Spirit. You have to surrender your life to the Holy Spirit. There comes that point that you have to do that. And so that when you do, when you walk in the things of the Spirit, when you walk in the Spirit, you won't be fulfilling and those temptations will gradually over time will fade away and you won't be dealing with that. Are you hearing me, church? I met a guy this last week uh, I, I assume he knew I was a pastor, I, you know, but uh, we got talking and man, he was talking about the things of God and talking about praying and church. And, and then all of a sudden I heard, I turned away and I heard him talking to another guy and about every other word out of his mouth was vulgar. I mean, it was just, it was just vulgar. And then, then I heard him talking about what the people he lives with and, and the things he does. And I'm saying, you know, that's just not consistent. It's not consistent, church. I'm not talking, I'm not saying, you know, he was a hypocrite. I'm not saying, you know, that anything bad. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. What I'm saying is what the Word says. The Word says if we will walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we will learn to walk in the Holy Spirit together, we won't fulfill the, the, the things of the flesh. You see, you never walk in the fullness. How many of you here this morning want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, of the promises of the Bible? You see, if you want to walk in the fullness of God, you've got to, you've got to every day look into the Holy Spirit and say, I want to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. If we walk in the fullness of the Spirit, and that, be, that the world begins to gradually, if you will, fade away. If you walk in the Spirit, you begin to live in the fullness of God. Just that's the way it works. 
Paul goes on in verse 18 and he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law, okay? Walking in the Spirit is being led by the Holy Spirit. We walk in the Spirit and we are led by the Spirit. This means that I'm not following the world. I've made a decision, personal decision. I'm not following the ways of the world. I'm not going to do what the world says I need to do. I'm going to say, God, what do you think I need to do? God, what, what is it that you want me to do? Whatever you tell me, God, I'm going to do it in, in faith. We're not following the ways of the world. We're not following other people. We're following the Holy Spirit. Paul takes it to a different level here and says, Walking in the Spirit is not being led by the rules or laws. What he's saying there, he says, if, if, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. In other words, he's saying there that we come to a place in our life by being led by the Spirit that I don't need a set of rules to tell me what to do and what not to do. It's not that they were bad. You know, there, we all need to have guidelines in our life and the word of God is, but he says, no. He says, I want you to be led by the Holy Spirit, be led by a relationship with the Holy Spirit, a relationship that says, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What decision do you want me to make? Which way do I turn at this, at this juncture? Where do I go? What do I do? Holy Spirit, I need you. Not just a set of rules. Amen. Are you listening to me? And I'm not one of those anti-law people or anti-Old you know, Testament. I, I love the Old Testament. I told you last week you know, uh, that, that, I, that the Old Testament is the New Testament uh, uh, concealed and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. I told you that last week, so I'm a believer in that. But what we're, Paul is ta telling us, he's taking us to this place of understanding that you leave the things of the law behind when you begin to make a decision to, be, to walk your life in the Holy Spirit, in relationship with the Holy Spirit. But if you are going to be led by the Spirit, you have to come, you have to give up your own leadership. In other words, I no longer lead my life. I'm no longer in control of my life. I have surrendered my life to him. Now, I'm not saying I'm there, okay? I, I fight it all the time. We all will. What I'm telling you, though, is that this walking in the Spirit begins with you personally saying, I give up my own leadership. I give up the control in my life. I relinquish it to you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to listen for your voice. I'm going to follow your, what you tell me to do. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Do you remember what Jesus said? He says, I do nothing of my own accord. He's a pretty good example for us to follow, don't you think? He says, I do nothing of my own accord. I do whatever the Father, whatever I see the Father do, I do whatever the Father says. Are you hearing me, church? You have to surrender your life, all of your life. And I would tell you, just like with my own life, every one of us have little parts. We've had parts that we've turned over to God and every day we're turned over. But then we have these little parts of our hearts and lives. We say, ah, oh, don't mess with that, God. That's kind of, I'm reserving that for me. Are you, do you know what I'm talking about? No, we have to surrender everything to him. The second key to walking in the spirit, the first is we got to surrender our lives to him completely. The second is we have to focus on hearing the spirit. We have to focus on hearing the spirit. Paul says in Colossians 3, 2, he says, set your minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. 
And I'm going to tell you, we, we, we have to get our eyes and ears. And another version says, it says, set your affections, not just your mind and all, set your affections. Most of us have affections in, of the things in the earth that cause us to want to fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, set your mind, set your affections, set your thoughts off the things of the world. I'm not going to put my mind on the things. I'm going to put my mind on the things above where Jesus is and on the things where, where, where in the kingdom of God. That's where I'm going to set my affections and my, my mind and my heart. You see, we have to tune out. We have to tune out the things of the world and tune in our spiritual ears to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And it's a daily, daily, daily practice. It comes in prayer and worship. It comes with time with him. We have to tune out the, the noises of the world. How many know there's a lot of voices, a lot of voices in this world screaming, follow me, do what I tell you to do. I'll make your life better. We'll make this, this will make your life better. We have to tune out those voices because there is nothing and no one that we can trust like we can trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. God says to tune them out, tune him in. To be led of the Spirit means we have to, we have to be tuned in everything. We have to be tuned in in our, in our lives, in every situation, in every circumstance. But I'll tell you, when you tune in in that quiet place, in your prayer closet, when you tune in and you're hearing the voice of God, and all of a sudden you step out and you're in this noisy world with all that stuff coming at you, you got to be tuned in there because that's when you need more than anything. You need to be tuned into the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to tune everything else out and set our hearts, our affections, to be in hot pursuit is the way I put it, to be hot, hot pursuit of God. You see, I, I think that most of us think of God as, in a, as a relationship, but we're not in pursuit of God. God's calling us to pursue him. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward, I press, say that word press. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. He says, forgetting those things that are behind. We gotta forget the things, we've gotta let go of the things of the world. And he says, press forward to the things that are ahead. Press towards the goal of the prize. You see, if you're gonna walk in the spirit, you gotta focus on hearing his voice and shutting everything else out. You got to surrender your life to him. You got to focus on his voice. And the last thing I wanted to share, share with you here, and the worship team can go ahead and come back up. The last thing, the last key here is you got to give quality time to communion with the Holy Spirit. This doesn't just mean prayer. I'll tell you, communion with the Holy Spirit is a lifestyle. It means seeking him, pursuing him, worshiping, prayer, conversation. The church, this is something that I believe God is teaching us. We've got to learn how to wait. How to wait on him. We come to places, and I, I believe the Lord has been leading us in this place more lately of just, in together, of just, there are times that we wait 
And those times become uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable and it seems like something's not changing, something's, we're not doing something. No, we need to learn to wait. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How many need your strength renewed today? He says, those that wait upon the Lord. You see, the world we live in, it's very fast paced. Everything is, and it's getting faster and faster and faster and time seems to be speeding up and, and we cannot, we, his presence is so dear and so sweet and so precious that there comes times that we just need to learn how to wait in his presence. God will do more in seconds in his presence than he can do hours us running the rat race. Are you hearing me, church? You see, God is not in our time. And I want you to hear this. God is not in our time. When we come into his presence, we come into his time. When we want to press into God's presence, when we, we need a touch from him, we need healing or an encouragement, or he, he's not in our time. When we press into him, we press into his time. And I want to tell you, listen to me and remember this. God is never in a hurry. He's never in a hurry. Sometimes you just got to wait. You just have to wait. A few weeks ago, Pastor Tim and I, and I'm closing with this, Pastor Tim and I were sitting in the office talking. And we're talk, we were talking about things that God's doing and because I'm going to tell you, church, I just really feel like God is moving so much. God's doing things, and we just I just want to be a part of it. I don't want to control it. I don't want to hamper it. I just want to get in his flow and follow with him, and I want all of us to go together in that. Are you hearing me? I want us to be led of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit together and follow him. But we were sitting there talking, and Pastor Tim says, you know, we, why don't we on communion Sunday every month just go into just some extended worship and just kind of spend that time? And I thought, that's a great idea. That's the last month we did it. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because it seems like every week God's taking us deeper into a place of worship and deeper into a place of anointing. And in that place, God is doing more than we could ever imagine or think. And so we're going to share communion together. But I want us, in the next few moments, I want you to get your communion cups, and I'm going to ask even if the worship team will just take a moment, and we're just going to stop, and we're, all of us are going to share communion together. But I, I want to give you one more scripture before we share communion. I want to give you the Why? Why? That's one of the questions we ask. You know, children, you never ever have a, be around a, a three-year-old and you say, let's do this, and they go, why? How many know we're children of God? <laughs> so we look at God sometimes and say, okay, why? Well, I want to tell you why. Why do we surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit? Why do we listen and follow the Holy Spirit? Why are we to set time aside, learn to wait in his presence and just not be in a rush in and out of his presence? Why? I'm going to tell you, 1 John 4, 4 says this. Remember this. If you ever question 
the voice of God in your life, if you ever question the direction he's leading, remember this, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Well, say, greater is he. Greater is the voice of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. Greater is he, more powerful is he, more awesome is he than anything that's in the world. Why? Because greater is he. We surrender. We listen. We follow him. We surrender our lives. We make that decision. We follow, make the decision to follow him. We make the decision, that personal, to spend that quality time with him because greater is he who is in me. Why, don't, why do I not follow the world the ways of the world? greater is he than he that is in the world. Are you hearing me, church? So I want you to bow your heads. We're going to pray. And we're going to just share communion. And then we're going to just worship for a few moments. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, today for these words that you've shared with us. And, God, we, we come into this few moments of sharing holy communion, sitting at your table. We thank you for these elements that represent the very thing that changed our lives Jesus calls his disciples into this room and, and he tells them, he, he washes their feet. He does it the lowest of those. He humbly washes their feet and he tells them what's about to happen and he, he shares with them his life. So in this moment of communion, Jesus takes a piece of bread and he breaks it. And he says, church, this is his body that was broken so that you could press into his presence, so that you, so that we together can come before his throne of grace, so that we can come near him and have the Holy Spirit dwell within our lives. He says, this is my body which is broken for you. Let's partake of the bread. He takes the cup and he says, this is the cup of the new covenant. This cup is in my blood and it's the new, it will change everything, he says. My blood will change everything. You no longer have to think about your past. My blood washes that away. No longer do you have to think of everything that has been bad in my life. He's, his blood has washed it away. He says, this is the new covenant. This is the new, the new agreement between God and man. He says, from this day forward, your life is forever changed. Let's partake of the cup. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, today. Lord, we thank you that, that we can come into your presence and worship. And Lord, we just set our hearts today to worship. Church, would you just stand to your feet? And I'm going to ask you as we spend the next few moments in worship and 
If you want to come forward and find a place at the altar, do it. If you want to make an altar in the chair where you're at, if you want to stand, if you want to sit. I'm just going to ask you, though, to take these next few moments and completely surrender to Him. Just pray this prayer with me, and then we'll worship. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you completely. Holy Spirit, I pray as I come forward to you, as I press in to you, that you will just overflow in my life. Take over, hover over me, fill me with your presence. Now come on church, let's just take a few moments and let's just worship, let's worship.